Hello, welcome to Graphic Policy Radio, where comics and politics meet. This is your host, Ilana Levin, and this is a comics podcast. This is a comics podcast for people who love sword lesbians, especially when the sword lesbians are in a brand new comic series that you can read at home right now for free. Today, I'm interviewing two exciting creators of the new series, Blade Maidens. Blade Maidens is a fantasy adventure romance starring two disaster mercenaries trying to get by. I was lucky enough to meet two creators of this through the Supreme Row podcast, in fact. And then when I heard they were going to be starting their own comic series, I knew it was going to be great. And it is. And I, I really want folks to go check it out. So joining me today are Zoe Tunnell. Zoe is a trans lesbian writer who previously wrote criticism and essays for sites like Woolwack and Comics XF, and has transitioned for the second time in her life into writing comics proper with Blade Maidens. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Thank you for having me. Well, I listened to you talk about um, Sam from um, New, New Mutants on oh, uh, the <laughs> he is your sweet boy. Oh, actually, it was your it was your it was your episode about Lil Wolverine, uh, Laura. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, she, yeah. My my not sweet girl. <laughs> I know, but you, you helped me understand her in a deeper way. Okay. Yeah. And joining me is Zoe's co-creator, Valentine Smith, is a writer, illustrator, and comics artist. They were shaped by a love of horror movies, music, and comic books, and continue to haunt the farmlands of Pennsylvania to this very day. Welcome to the show, Valentine. Hi, it's lovely to be here. And I actually also got to hear you speak on the Cerebro podcast about when Teresa Rourke Cassidy yeah, um, <laughs> we all we all love X Men here. Yeah, we do, yeah, we do. <laughs> so, did you guys meet through the X Men fandom and through Cerebro Podcast or some other ways? Um, kind of the X Men fandom. Um, we were like aware, like mutuals on Twitter, and then we ended up getting in a group chat with some other friends. Um, and you know, just kind of bonded that way. Um, and ended up doing comics. Yeah, it was definitely just like a mutual <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yelling about the X-Men on the internet. <laughs> yep. You heard it here, folks. That's how to get comics made is to, to yell with your friends about X-Men on the internet, but then also make things. It's the yeah, only I mean, way I know. <laughs> before we started um, Blade Maidens, the first things we did were like, a bunch of X-Men house party fan comics that were really fun and cute. And then we were just like, Hey, we should do our own thing. Oh yes, folks. If you have not seen their fan comics of the X-Men house parties, they are extremely queer and like culturally savvy and funny and beautiful <laughs> and hot. They're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a hundred percent like a 2 a.m. Like DM of like, Hey, do you want to do this thing? That's no, I actually remember exactly what happened. Okay, Tell me we were talking. Um, we were talking about something. We were DMing on Twitter and we were talking about something. And I, we were talking about Kate and Ileana, mm. um, uh, Kate pride and magic. And mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, I just have a like scene in my head of like, Kate whispering something in Ileana's ear and then immediately them just looking at each other and porting out of the room. Um, <laughs> and you just went, write me that comic. Write me like a two to three page comic. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, if you write it, I'll draw it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like me. <laughs> I love it. For anyone who hasn't read those 
uh, fan comics. If you have any familiarity with who the X-Men are at all, go check them out. Um, where's the best place to read them? Um, they're all uploaded on my website. So if yeah. you go to my website, you can go check them out there. Um, they should be under the house party little like selection in the portfolio. So, but even before I saw the fan comics, I knew from just seeing the fan art that Valentine had done for Cerebro cast and just online that like mm. when Valentine decided it was time to make comics and it was clear <laughs> that that time would be coming, that those comics would be fabulous. Oh, thank you. Can can we tell the name origin real quick? Blade Maidens. Originally, the the name because we were thinking like we were trying to think of a name and we were like we don't want it to be bland fantasy. We don't want it to be blah. And I threw out Blade Bitches, um, and we were like, oh, that does sound cool. And then, but then we both kind of as as we started working more, we're like, this doesn't really fit the vibe. Like it's not as like in your face, like yeah. raw, like punk rock. Um, and Valentine went, what about Blaine Maidens? And I immediately snatched up the Twitter mm. account and website. Um, no, I said, how do you feel about it? And then, <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, I like it. I'm like, great. I already have the Twitter and Instagram. You go. Oh the yeah, website. you did it. That was yes. <laughs> yeah, I did great. it before he said yes. Cause yeah, I was like, no, I'm great. The it's one I really chucked the gun on was the copyright. Oh, yeah. And then you were like, I submitted the copyright. I'm like, great. <laughs> okay, do we really need that? Guess we do. Yeah, turns out we do. <laughs> turns out we've, like, done a whole fucking, like, giant project. Yep. Without it. Yeah. Just casual. It's a great brand. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I can't believe nobody's taken it. Especially because sword lesbians is such a thing. Yeah, we were. I. That's the thing. That's the thing. I was yeah. like, no one has this. I'm getting it now. Because, of course, like, once you have it in your brain, you're like, the minute... I think of it like it's going to get snapped up by somebody. <laughs> yeah, I was Googling for like a saw. Like I went like 15 pages deep. Yeah, like we being Googled. Like, there's got to be something. <laughs> and the closest thing I could find is there's like a unit in Warhammer or like in the lore of Warhammer. But it wasn't yeah. trademarked or copyrighted from everything I could find. So I was like, cool, great, ours, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what the whole thing is that like Sir and Rowan, like that, if you were to take their number like off the tavern wall, like they are the blade beans. That is those two being those mercenaries. Two yeah. And their name, not the comic book name, but the, the name of the group will evolve as we go along and as we get people, you know, yeah. which I think is lovely because like as their group identity changes, like their identity as a whole changes and like Rowan and Sir will always be the blade maidens, but like that doesn't mean they can't also be something else. Yeah. I love it. And I, I'm, and I'm just really excited and electrified with this work. Had you made any comics before on your own? Yes, it was definitely a thing I was kind of fighting for a long time because I always really liked comics, but I didn't really, I hadn't really taken the time to sit down and figure out how I wanted to make comics. So like I'd done comics in different styles like coming up you know in my teens early 20s and stuff but like I kind of pushed myself more in the illustration avenue rather than comics because comics are very labor-inducive and I had to I had to figure out how I was going to make them you know like I just didn't it's yeah. it takes it's a learn it's a hard learning curve <laughs> and now I can't mm -hmm. stop so you know for better or worse <laughs> I used to be good at drawing and I used to try to draw comics when I was a kid and just mm -hmm. the repetition of having to move forms and draw them the same recognizable from panel to panel mm. is just the hardest fucking thing in the world, especially back before digital was a thing. But even now, I mean, yeah. just wow. Yeah, it's um, a lot. 
it's a lot. Well, I'm glad you made the jump with us. And Zoe, had you written comic scripts before or fiction or? Um, I had written plenty of scripts that never, ever actually got beyond being scripts. Um, being a writer originally, it was screenplays. I went to college for film and dropped out. Um, and then switching to comics as I realized, oh, no, that's the one I like more. And I'd written plenty, but Valentine was the first creative partner I had ended up working with that both of us clicked and like our our creative styles and like rhythm worked mm. and it actually happened, which great for me. Like what a good first experience. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah. Finding collaborators is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I feel like that's why when it's like, I've been trying to work with people for a long time off and on and different projects for different things. So when you find someone that you really, really click with or that you can communicate effective with, like I like hold on for dear life. Cause you're like, don't, don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. I um I think that's actually one of the things that people starting out trying to make comics most struggle with is mm-hmm. trying to figure out like who are their people, how are they gonna make art with other people. Yeah. Um and then I also feel for right artists who are feeling like, you know, everybody wants to come and partner with them, but what they really mean is like work mm. for me for free. Exactly. Yeah. A thousand percent. They're I you know, as an artist who like had gone through this and everything like if you are patient it will come it will happen you will find somebody who values you and values your voice and will listen to you when you're saying like this would work better if it's this way you know yeah yeah and just i mean from your fan works and x-men like i thought it was really i i was thought it was really cool and exciting that you weren't gonna just go in straight and do like a superhero book that you wanted to play with a different genre really mm. with what you're working on for your first work together yeah. What was behind that decision? We didn't specifically say like, you know, we don't want to do superheroes, but I think we both kind of wanted if well, at least I, I know I did and I assume Valentine did. If we were doing our own thing, I wanted it to be distinct. Like I yeah. I wanted it to be different than stuff we had already done. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and we like I remember the day that we decided to do something. We were just like, hey, we should do something. And we came landed on the idea of like, you know, oh, something kind of fantasy, like like a fantasy romance or fantasy adventure or something. And then just kind of spun out from there. Yeah, I think at least on my end, both with specifically like the band comics and stuff, it's I'm trying to fill a void or explore something that mm-hmm. I don't think has been as explored to a certain extent. Or to be explored a different way. So with that, it was very character driven. And it was like, okay, well, like if all of these people went to an after party, what would that be like? And how would they interact? And what would happen? Because they're probably not going to spend time on that in a superhero comic book, right? Nope. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, what Zoe was saying for Blade Mains, it became kind of what what are we excited about? Like, what would we like to do? What would we like to see? Like, what kind of story would we like to read or be excited about putting out in the world for other people to read? Yeah, I um, I grew up on a steady diet of trashy fantasy books, um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of them, like like one that I a series that I read all the time, um, was a bunch of Warhammer novels, the Gotrek and Felix series, which is about a mercenary duo traveling, mm. and like you know you get your Xenas and your Hercules and like just you know kind of the wandering hero <laughs> mercenary like episodic adventure type deal. Yeah. And just realizing, oh, there's like 
Xena's queer, but not like <laughs> not not queer in the way that like in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two you yeah. might hope. Yeah. Um yeah. And, yeah. and it's just like, you know, that might be something worth doing. And it is. I have to say, if I haven't told you, like, it's not like it's like literally your debut comic, but this is like a piece that's early in your series. I don't think I've seen anybody start this strong. This is so fucking good. It's so high quality. It's so well written. It's so gorgeous. The world is so interesting. I don't want to like talk about, you know, print versus digital or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you were like, oh, yeah, this is going to be an image book. I'd be like, of course. You know what I mean? I think it's like that. So that's amazing to me. With the setting, you know, Xena is obviously a really good parallel. I also feel like it has, it's fantasy, but it does have so much of that sword and sorcery feel to it. Yeah. Even like with the way magic works, you know, there's something hard boiled about it and gritty. And that really also deals with like things like class politics, you know? Yeah. 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 That was... Um, that was a very conscious choice. I remember because the magic lesson short was written after the hunt and we were like, we got to do some world building. We got to like make some rules here and realize that it would be really effective to tie that into Rowan's whole struggle with her own privilege and class and mm-hmm. realizing how much she has relied on that in her life. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is a good opportunity to talk about one of the things that I think is really interesting that I hadn't spotted when I first began reading this comic on my cell phone, like from a link on Twitter, which was how much work is also below the page. I was trying to debate <laughs> whether the word for it would be something like marginalia, but then it's so big. It's like maybe Majornalia is more mm-hmm. accurate. I, I don't. I think we're calling it like supplemental material. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, or something. yeah. We're, what's the supplements for the day? Yeah, folks haven't yeah. seen it. You know, so you have each the way it publishes. You know, each page is like a a a, co- a, a standard comic sized array of panels and sequential art, and then below it, you'd find either a journal entry a diary entry an entry from a history book mm-hmm. uh, what are some of the other kinds of um below the page um texts? there's been a few conversation snippets oh, yeah um yep. there's been the one there's one that i wrote for this week's <laughs> i mean by the time this comes out it will be this week i wrote the the most a love letter from a woman who says i love you on the second date thing that you have ever seen in your life yeah (laughs) yeah i think i there was a ledger like which is still a diary entry but there was a ledger once um there was yeah the entries from like the book of arcanistry we did their wanted posters at one point posters the um the kind of monster manual entries on some of the creatures we're making ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're all related to like what something in that page relates Mm -hmm. to what we've included underneath. And we found that as like doing, if we're doing a page a week, how can we give people more content? How can we give them something more to engage with? And then it provides us with a unique opportunity to build out our world a little bit more so like if you read more you'll learn more and then it kind of like fleshes out everything and like you know it makes everything a little bit more detailed and yeah it's good i really like it 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 was a fun surprise for me because i just on my cell phone i just hadn't noticed it and then i'm like yeah oh wait there's more (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, it, it's also just like, I'm a sucker for that stuff. Like, if yeah. you give me any, like, book or something that is, like, an in-universe text of something, I eat that up like crazy. So I was like, absolutely want to have this with Blade Maidens. Mm. Yeah. Are there any works that you feel like do a really good job of that? There are a few that I can think of. Um, well, that I can think of. Let's see if I can remember names. Um. I mean, like, there's a lot, like, in, like, source books for RPGs. Mm-hmm. They'll often have, like, journal entries for, like, you know, oh, here's this adventure or here's this setting and I'm going to write this town from the perspective of, like, a traveling bard who has arrived in it mm. or something like that. Um, yeah. And um, tragically, one of the ones that I loved as a child is written by an author who has thoroughly trashed her legacy beyond any point of repair and is a total monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a few of those, but I think I know which one of those that might be in particular. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, the bad wizard lady. Ew. Fuck that bitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, there was there was one of those supplemental like uh, they, they actually it's what they made the bad movies about the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. There was like an actual like book about it. There was like an animal guide that I loved as a small child. Yeah, well, I'm, I think it's a really smart way to build out world building in the story. You know, when we know how much like I think like if it was just straight up prose, there might be this feeling of like, well, this couldn't this be a panel? But like the way these are done they are things that actually work better in prose because of the type of text they are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an, yeah. it feels like it's an artistic choice, not a convenience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when we, when we occasionally dip into like conversations that could technically like, you know, be in a panel, it's usually something that like we want to have in there, but like it just wouldn't flow well. It wouldn't mm-hmm. work. Like we had one recently that is like a background character, the, oh, yeah. like the server. Yeah at a tavern talking back to her boss. She's not the focal point of this scene. Right. It would right. it would not make sense. But we still want to have her get her moment. So I feel like it's a nice thing to have those like B or C or D like plot lines of like, yes, this story is about Mel coming into the room, slamming down the chair and starting a conversation with these two. And of course the people around them are going to have a reaction, right? Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't come up. But of course, like she would be like, please stop slamming chairs. You're going to break. <laughs> You're going chairs. to break our shit. Like, please stop doing that. Yeah. The, the murder hobos are just not good house guests. Um, no, but your story does a great job of presenting why people would want to have cell swords versus relying on government systems. Like you, yeah. you have the great pitch right in there, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in, in the marginal, in the marginalia slash majornalia, no less. Mm-hmm. So, Talk to me about character design and character creation for you, because mm. this, you know, you're bringing in new characters. I'm really excited about this new third character who's coming in. Um, but the core pair of Rowan and Sir are really fabulous, and I'd love to hear how they how they came into formation for you for you both. Zoe, do you want to do you want to yeah, start uh, this one? Yeah, I, I can. Do you <laughs> want me to get into like in. their background and you go into design? Yeah, I'll ju- I'll jump in wherever. Cool. But um, I figured if you wanted to like go heavy, you know. <laughs> I remember like originally there was some, and I truly wish I saved it and like knew the artist because I if I knew who they were, I would be crediting them every time it comes up. There was some like three panel Twitter comic I saw of like a princess being rescued by a knight from a dragon being like oh thank you sir blah 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 
and the knight taking off the helmet and it's a hot lady and like oh yeah haha surprise it's lesbians um and that being like you know that's actually (laughs) pretty fun yeah um and taking that as a starting point but then tweaking it be like okay well instead of a knight she's a mercenary and she's a princess but she's run away why would she run away because she's trans and then but no transphobia like those stories are important but that's also most of the stories we get which is exhausting yeah um so having it be like oh well maybe instead she just couldn't be the kick-ass adventuring like magic sword wielding woman she wants to be Mm -hmm. um and we each have like parts of ourselves in these characters Mm -hmm. sir and mel have a lot of valentine (laughs) um mel especially Mm -hmm. yeah Um, (laughs) mel's mel's the 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 dump character of like oh let's give her this fatal flaw (laughs) really rowan is very important to me writing rowan's story is it's something i never really thought i would be able to do so being able to create co-create like such a beautiful wonderful character who is telling a, t- a flavor of trans experience that we don't get to see very much is mm-hmm. just perfect for me. Yeah. I remember early on, like we kind of discussed there when you're looking at like genre work and stuff, they're overarching archetypes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, ha- we originally, when we didn't name them, <laughs> we had, we just referred to them as grumpy and princess yep. <laughs> for a long yeah, the time. The first script was grumpy and princess. For we were like, Shit, we're going to have to name them. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then we were like, okay, well, like, we want to explore a trans story where it's, yeah, what Zoe said, not that she's trans, it's that she's not allowed to be the kind of woman that she wants to be, and that she wants to be doing these things, but she's locked into this society and less bureaucracy and that kind of thing, and this royal, like, you know, why did she does it? She wants to be outside climbing trees, like, she wants to be, like, traveling, she wants to be able to do whatever she wants, and she's and she not gonna get that people. yeah 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 that's a big part yeah. of rowan <laughs> yeah yeah i i love it and I, you know I, I i i see the connections with them and, and you guys knowing you though i don't know either of you very well but like it, it i like these translations and that they do not it doesn't have that like literal thing going on but it, it really feels like they they have a lot of lived in depth to them mm. despite the fact it's a it's a new series you know yeah and i think that comes from zoe and i like we again we really are interested in character work and we're really interested in kind of like we have you know everyone's backstory is totally established we know where we they've all been before we meet them in the comic like we have all of that and then we have going forward where we're going so we kind of have all that fleshed out and then we look at each other we're like okay let's go play and see what we can do with this yeah, our our rhythm is very much like we will just hop on a Discord call and like be like, cool, let's jump on at like 10 and go until two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll just be like, okay, we haven't talked about, um, I almost said a character we haven't revealed yet. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, actually, we, I feel like will we will have been revealed by the time this comes out. Yeah, let's yeah, talk so, about it. Yeah, <laughs> go you, for it. Congrats, you get a surprise. Um, we're, our fourth party member is Eldritch Miller, who is a trans mask monk. 
and he is um, just a rootin' tootin' cowboy with a heart of gold who loves to He's punch beautiful. things. beautiful. I love him. <laughs> I want to... Could you DM me, like, a screen cap of what he looks like? I yeah, hold on. Life. I will Thank give you... you. He's, just he's, give me two we, whole seconds. We love him with all our hearts. He, he is our son boy. <laughs> and that's um, the thing. Um, the thing that... Originally, when we started working on this together, it was very much a Sir and Rowan story. And then I think through both of our interests and influences, we were like, it would be cool if this was a pair story, but it ended up becoming a found family group story. Yep. Wholeheartedly. Like, once it got there, it went off the rails. And now we have, like so much established that we're going to get to. Yeah, there was like a two-month period where we were like working at an absurd pace, fleshing everything out. Um, Yeah. But, and it's like, Sir and Rowan will always be the main characters of the series. Mm -hmm. Like, it's called Blade Maidens for a reason. They Mm -hmm. are the Blade Maidens. Yeah. But there are, like, other characters who are going to be, like, major significant characters who, like, could even be the lead of, like, an arc or Mm -hmm. something. Like, the having these like this cast and this group of people that come together and bond and fight and then come back after fighting is just it's we were already having fun and now we're just running wild yeah i think i think it made it infinitely better it it, it interested both of us like a lot (laughs) a lot a lot and i think it opened up the opportunity to tell a lot more stories that if we had just stuck with with the two of them. <laughs> well, and I think it's like, I just it. saw the picture and he's amazing. And I, I'm really excited. I'm really yeah, excited. He's our short King too. <laughs> oh oh yeah. yes. It's important to have the short Kings. Yeah, so. how, how, how tall is he canonically? I always forget. Five, four. Five, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And he, um, he's got like the, he's got like the tattoos, but also the monk um, mm-hmm. arm wrap guards thing. Yep. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. And all that, all that is like lore related. So. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it is. Super great. You know? So you have the monk and then Mel who's a bard. A werewolf bard. A werewolf bard. Sorry. So if we, if we were going to D&D character class this, mm-hmm. what, 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 I mean, I'm like, well, obviously this, this, but I'll let you guys put it in your words. What's Rowan and what's Sir's class in d Funnily enough, we actually have, um, bum, bum. I, I need to finish writing them, but we, we have, we're, we're planning some stuff for, it's our one year anniversary yeah. from announcing. We're going to have 5e character sheets for yeah, everybody. Yeah, full character <laughs> sheets. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so good call. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, Sir is pure fighter. Sir's a fighter. Yeah. Through like, and Sir, through. Through and through yeah. and through. Yeah. With, like, um, yeah. Sir knows yeah. how to fight better than just about anybody, and that's she's content with having that be their specialization. Yeah. They they're like very like rooted in. I liked working with my hands. I liked mm-hmm. like physically fighting and feeling like things or like doing physical work like they take pride in it they're good at it and they they don't need to do they're very adverse especially in the beginning to like aspects of magic and that's why like rowan and sir kind of butt heads a little bit um Mm -hmm. that'll eventually you know maybe it'll change but um (laughs) for now it's like sir is very much like i want to use my fist (laughs) yeah 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 and rowan is god i think because we had them at like level four yeah. Rowan is like two levels in wizard, two levels in um fighter. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Rowan is much better with her sword than yeah. um has come across at the hunt. She's very good. 
Oh, interesting. It's sort of like combat mage type specifically, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. she mostly uses her spells for like attack or defense or yeah. something rather than like mind fuck spells or like uh, yeah. illusions. Yeah, she she's very much on the, um, the arcanistry section of the magic yeah. triangle we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like... She's very good at it and like can do some tricky stuff, but she likes conjuring base elements and using them as tools rather than the more finessey, like healing, shape shifting, yeah. like stuff like that. And all of that's related to like how when we were establishing where all of these people are from and stuff, we have Rowan. She's from a place that is very agricultural based and yeah. therefore their magic is very based in elements and like conjuring water and doing different things like that. So it's more earthly and elemental based versus someone who may have grown up in like another part of mm-hmm. Telos. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's a there's a city we'll maybe get to eventually if not it exists. <laughs> um that it's run by a council of like undead merchant princes mm-hmm. and it's very scheming and constantly backstabbing. So like mind read it, disguise, like yeah. you know, weather manipulation. That's the type of magic that is very prized up there. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. You know, you really have this magic system built out. That's a specific one with its own images. Like when, and when I saw um, the new character Mel come out and she's got some great knuckle tats, but also two triangles on her hands. I was like, <laughs> oh, is that related to the triangle magic thing? You don't have to tell me now if it's not time to know, but it, it already has me thinking about that, you know? <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's great. That, that's awesome to hear. It's it great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the way that we came up with Mel was I did that Rowan pinup, right? And then there was a werewolf in the corner. And then we we're like, what if we make the werewolf a character? And then suddenly the werewolf's a character and is a person, right? The same mm. thing happened with Eldridge, where on that Mel cover, if you look at it, where she's She's sitting, she's like kicked back in a seat and like in the tavern, like her axe is on the table, everyone. And there's been like a bar brawl, like all around her. And underneath her is Eldridge, like. <laughs> Passed out with a bloody nose from when bloody she nose. Yeah, in. Yeah. So it was very much like, okay, here's this guy. And here he is. And I was like, I'm giving, I'm like, I'm giving him top surgery scars. Like I'm doing this. And this is just like, I like to make up stories for the people in the background we have a whole story for the like we're like this is the bartender and she owns it and her wife is at home and her wife is this person and like whatever um eldridge came out of like that guy is passed out underneath her they got into a fight and now where would he go from there and we suddenly were, we have like a character yeah well we mm. were in loop, like we were talking about like when we decided we wanted to expand the cast we were like mm. all right what sort of like fantasy archetypes do we want to play with like not just yeah. translate one to one because that's boring but play mm-hmm. with and well a monk is cool and it's very distinct from you know all three of our existing characters mm-hmm. um and we we have no men on this team, maybe. And then you went like, "What about this guy here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I drew passed out underneath Mel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that kind of set up their relationship too right away. Is like this. Oh, you'll yeah. When we get to the Eldridge story, you'll so you will see their whole dynamic. It's yeah, it's something that I love a lot. <laughs> But yeah, it was just, we're talking about it and then it's like, oh, what if we did something with this guy? There he is. And he's lighting in plain sight the whole time. So pay attention to stuff. I'm always slipping stuff in that might come back later. That is so neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In terms of like character design also, like you, you're blending some sort of 
traditional fantasy clothing with also some things that have a bit more of like hipster Western, you know, specifically hipster Western. <laughs> and so it has a really cool, unique oh my God, look I in love it. it. Um, and also combat boots. Like, how do you think about blending the different time period yeah. and elements and genres of, of fashion? Um, for me, it's definitely, it, it's almost like when Zoe and I were making Blade Maidens, it was very much like, what if we had one shot to make something, what would we make? And like, mm-hmm. That has definitely been my approach to it and being like, if I get to do this once, I'm going to do the stuff that I like (laughs) and I'm going to do like things that interest me and things that I wish like existed or whatever. So when looking at like different fantasy stuff, I didn't want to be beholden to the way that, you know, you get in your head a little bit and you think that a fantasy book should look. So I'm... I I wear, you know, <laughs> a lot of black and combat boots all the time. Um, so I was like, I want to, I, everybody's, everybody's going to get Love combat it. boots. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I was like, I like this. I like the way this looks. I definitely have like folders of preference where it's like, if I like the way that something looks, I'm going to throw it in there. And then like, I'm going to try and give it to someone later in some way, shape or form. And then, you know, also related to that character and would that character like that and how would they wear it? Would be tight sitting yeah. or loose? Like, do they need to move or do they feel like looking good? Or does like for Sir, um, Sir is very practical. Sir will uh, pick up scraps of things and then kind of keep it around. Like Sir has a bandana most of the times because Sir can use that for multiple things like cleaning things or just having if they need a quick mask, you know, things like that. And Rowan is very centered in her, like, I want to look a certain way. I want to present a certain way. I'm a little more choosy when it comes to my clothing than mm-hmm. Sir is. Because <laughs> Sir will just wear anything. And then Mel, Mel is a werewolf who is constantly losing things. And ends up in things now, in at this point, where we meet her in her life, where she is just kind of... She has like a couple of things that are staples, but she's always kind of in whatever she was able to. Like, she wakes up in the morning, change back to a human, and like has to go pick clothes off the clothesline because she was a werewolf last night, you know? Yeah, yeah. They have such great looks too. Like, I love their hair. I love the attitude in their faces. Everybody looks so cool. Good. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> That's, I've always, how I view working with Valentine is <laughs> Valentine is always going to make most people, like, there are going to be some people who do not look cool and hot um, because they're not supposed to. But otherwise, just about everyone is going to be cool and hot and, like, have <laughs> great style. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, fucking lean into it. That's going to be our world. <laughs> everyone <Yeah>. looks cool <laughs> everyone has a cool hat <laughs> keep putting hats on people it's also related to like the hair too like Rowan Rowan wants her hair long and she takes pride in her hair but yep. Sir is very much like Ugh. Sir's relationship with gender is like <laughs> yeah their gender yeah. is shrug yeah. yeah so like seeing them experience things and like things that like Rowan wouldn't would be like, Oh dear God, like that would not, I could not do that in my body. And so it's just like, (laughs) 
Yeah, Rowan has like a very intense like morning routine, taking mm. care of her hair, shaving, mm-hmm. um, and like you'll see her swap hair yeah. colors frequently um, mm-hmm. because she likes to experiment. And she um, can, and she yeah, should she be can. able She's to. Got, you know, one of the yeah. pluses of being a mage, you can kind of tweak your hair color pretty easily. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> But, you know, like yeah. they have such a unique look and feel like, you know, when, when Sir shows up later with longer hair, it like was like, oh, no, that's 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 them. You know what I mean? Like, they still have the attitude. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I love how you do bodies yeah. because everybody's really buff, but not and buff in a way that feels like <laughs> you are delusional. You know what I mean? Like buff in realistic yeah. ways. Yeah. 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 They all carry it a little bit mm-hmm. differently, too. Or I try to, you know, play around with that. Yeah, that matters a lot too. So Valentine, like, let's talk a little bit about how you sort of developed your style of art because it's very recognizable. Um, you know, I would never confuse yours with anyone else's, and I can sort of be like, I have thoughts about some of these possible inspirations, but you know, I'd rather I'd rather hear it from you. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how did you sort of develop your particular style over time? Um, I mean, every if we're going back, everything kind of clicked for me when. I was when I found ink. <laughs> um, uh, when I was in school, I was trying to figure out how the hell I was gonna like make things. And I think that's where like you start asking questions, right? You're like, how am I gonna make things? How do I want to make things? What feels naturally? And it comes from just drawing a lot in a lot of different ways and trying out stuff. For me, ink, both digital and traditional, really clicked. I liked having spot blacks. I liked having like, I don't know, that balance felt really good to me. (laughs) And especially like I'll use more like uh, black and white, like spot black versus like gray wash because I really like the contrast. So I feel like it's rooted in that. Um, Like even when I was doing like figure drawings and stuff, like I was using Mm. ink and working with that rather than like doing anything like I haven't used pencil in a really long time <laughs> but I used to paint before that like I, I like painting like I like acrylic and oil I like doing that but it just wasn't the process wasn't it and with ink I don't know I could just like get lost in it in a way that I couldn't get lost in other things so you're you're, you're not working digitally from the start I wasn't no like I, I was using digital and I knew how to like do things digitally um like I used to work in Photoshop. Um, I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. I use Procreate and Corel Painter. <laughs> um, but, and I'm using like traditional like ink brushes mm-hmm. on those programs. Um, but yeah, no, like I have a bottle of India ink and I have my brushes and I typically use like a one and a six for inking. Um, one for like my fine details and then like uh, uh, India ink pen for like fine, fine details. And then, the larger brush for all of your like textures and things like that. And like large areas of blacks, but you know, well, good no wonder stuff. I like your work so much because I'm a sucker for traditional media. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the big thing for me too, is that like when I was, I was like, okay, I definitely want to do, I definitely want to explore things in ink, but I don't want my digital to feel different than my traditional inks. So it was finding that balance of being like, how am I going to make this look like it could be either or 
you know, or like I just I could have done it traditionally and I did scan it in and then colored it digitally. The digital colors are really great. Like you do a lot of really you use a lot of like sort of flat colors that you have on different planes from each other. Mm-hmm. And they're really beautiful palettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- that definitely comes, I was like, where did that, and it definitely comes from like reading like 80s X-Men <laughs> at a mm. very formative age of like having the like different planes of flat color because I like the way that looks and it's easier for my brain to comprehend. Like, you know, there's different color theory in which you put, you know, like, you know, everything gets cooler and then brighter in the front and everything like that. But it does, it separates things for my brain in a way that like is comprehensible in a way that other things are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but I also think it kind of has this neat sort of mashup, almost collage aesthetic, the way it's combining the traditional medium with the digital color. Like, is a lot of the time mm. when people do digital color, like they're doing it so they can do all kinds of like gradienty things or whatever. But like, I, and you you use mm-hmm. a technique, and but that but you're not like you're treating it that you're like no, we're doing it flat, and we're choosing interesting colors rather than colors that mm-hmm. are limited to the traditional palette of what comics could print back in the day. But it's like interesting colors, but they're flat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like that's the that's the the benefit in the like. Oh, what's the word? Though I don't know, maybe the joy. The joy is that you can use a really bright magenta that like you couldn't use before or would be really hard to mix, mm-hmm. you know, in paint or like you can't have all these options and you can't do color studies as like quickly using paint as you can where you just like swatch and drop to figure out what's going to work the best. You also have like a zip what what I would think like looks like a zip tone backgrounds that you're used as well that are like for the, the yeah. dot, what is it? Like Ben, Ben dots. Ben day dots. What is there? Are, are those digital or are you using zip tone or yeah. how, is the, how are those? Yeah. So it basically it's the same process that you would use traditionally as I do digitally. So traditionally you would get a sheet of the dots and then you place them over your image and you cut away with an exacto, right? Of the places that you don't want them. And then the dots stay where you want them. I do. It's the exact same thing on a digital file. I have a sheet of the dots and then I just cut away with an eraser that is flat, (laughs) like a digital exacto, just erasing out what I don't want. I love it. The old school zine person in me (laughs) like sees that and it makes me feel Mm -hmm. very warm and nostalgic. And I think it's sort of your trademark. That style is your trademark. And then obviously the way you do Matt, the way you do the upper lips are like very much the stylizations (laughs) that I don't see anybody else. Yeah. It's just, it's just trial and error of figuring out how do I want to do this? I guess this works. Let's see where it goes. (laughs) Was there like a moment in the development of your style where you were like, I have decided the upper lip is the most important part of the face. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, there it is. Now, I don't know. It's like the like like um, mile markers where you're like, okay, I know where I am. <laughs> I really love it. I feel I like it's consistently, maybe. like it's sexy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Sick. Good. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> have kind of the vibe. Sexy um, vibe. I want to talk about a particular panel that I sent to you and I'll put, I'll post it in the, uh, when I do like the show has, um, graphics that go, go up with it. There's a panel on page. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Page September 1st, 2022. I don't know. Uh, Blade made page, yes, page three you. of strays. The very, very top in the center. Yep. Those are just two, two tavern patrons. 
two patrons' mouths with the blank word bubbles speaking up close. It's like whispering in the background, mm-hmm. I think, right? They're like talking behind. Yep. It's such a cool, subtle technique. And until I was looking at it on my big screen, like when I was looking at it like on my phone earlier, I like wasn't even reading the image right. But now I see it and I'm like, ooh. Talk to me like how you just make these decisions about like these atmospheric kind of panels that are not dialogue based. With those ones specifically, like um, if you were to look at the script that Zoe had expertly written, um, those little panels were an addition that I threw in. Mm-hmm. Um so originally it was one, two, three, which is days later, and then Sir and Rowan talking, Sir and Rowan talking, and then Mel, we see Mel against, you know, silhouetted by the door. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do <laughs> the story of my life. I'm like, Zoe, I'm adding panels. <laughs> so that's, so that's the, the thing we figured out over this is like, yeah. going in, I was just like, I always want to be nice. Like, I want to be like thoughtful of the artist and like not, crowding too much and like okay like I'm, I'm not gonna do and then no matter what i do valentine would be like hey can i add like two or three panels of just like details mm-hmm. uh, apparently i really like doing details and i for this one up here and i did them just flat color to kind of it was ways of saying that this tavern is populated things are going on in the background Things are existing. They're not exactly important, but they're just atmospheric. So it was like, I'm going to add these to make this atmospheric so you can tell that this is like a tavern and people are doing things and there's drinks being poured and people are having discussions. They're not important to you, but it is happening. That's great. And I feel like there's a lot of sort of in certain pages, you'll see this combination of like quiet and loud alternating Mm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, visually, it's about balancing the page and drawing attention especially in comics, because there's so much in comics that you can do that you can't do in other mediums where you can lead the eye or draw attention and do certain things. And there's like 20 different tools that you can use to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't sort of do this in the origins, but like, I'd love to hear like what, you know, I'll, I'll ask Valentine first, like what is your background with like getting into comics as a, as a reader? My background <laughs> is a thousand percent the X-Men. Um, they were like the first comic book that I had read. They were introduced to me when I was very, very young um, by my dad, who was a collector beforehand. And when I got interested, you know, I got to read some of his comics or pick them up, you know, in the comic store in the church basement of like 10 for a dollar or whatever. So like, <laughs> um it was very formative and that stuck around. And even when it goes away, it comes back. So yeah. Yeah. I was definitely reading a lot of seventies, eighties X-Men for most of my life. Love it. Love it. What about you, Zoe? For me, it's not the X-Men. Um, <laughs> I got in um, when I was like 12, 13 um, via somewhat regrettably now the ultimate universe right. of um, Marvel the, comics. The, you couldn't help it. You were 12 mm. when it happened. Like that was who it was for. Exactly. I remember, so I I remember those like days. The, I was the perfect audience <laughs> for it, like the laser targeted. Um, and from there, I got into Marvel proper. And then from there, just, you know, reading everything. I actually didn't end up getting into X-Men. I read X-Men, but I didn't become like the type of lady who has a tattoo, which Valentine mm. designed, by the way, Ew. on 
um, on my forearm of Kate and Ileana's like iconography, but until right like the year mm. before I came out, and they are kind of one of the things that I pushed that. me out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's really great. Yeah. Well, this story is very much not a superhero story. I definitely see X-Men influence in this in terms of the story as well as the art that uh, I think would appeal to people who maybe don't usually read fantasy, but are maybe just coming in from X-Men people. And, you know, I don't, what are some things that you feel like you guys both drew from the X-Men into, into this work together? Um, do you, you want to go first? Me? <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. You're going to go for three hours. No, hey, <laughs> I can't help it. Um, <laughs> let me see. I, for me, what did I draw from the X-Men? I feel like with the way that it went and the way that we're going, there were certain, like, definitely that this ended up being more of a group and a rotating cast um, that we're all very, very excited about. Um, having those kids kind of be... The themes that were touched upon while the X-Men were a superhero comic book are, there are some carryover themes yeah. <laughs> in ours. And I feel like, um, especially with how this is starting to develop, and I know we're only on story two, so I'm talking about things that, you know, y'all won't see for a while yet. Um, but we wanted to bring back kind of the issue episodic feel where like you could when they were making comics back when I was reading, it was like, if you you should be able to pick up a comic and know who these characters are and kind of go into it and you'll get a story and you'll have a good time. And then if you never pick up another comic book again in this series, you'll have that and you'll know what you read and who these people were. Um, so that was something that we really wanted to achieve. So each issue in the first six here, each is a full complete story where our group of varying numbers comes across a thing, thing happens, and then it ends. And it does continue. Like, it will build upon one another, but, like, they'll go to a place and you'll mm. see what happens. <laughs> and then you have a nice day. At, at one point, one of our stories is literally was prompted by Valentine saying, hmm, <laughs> what if there was a town that was weird? It's um, my favorite and, fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually ends up, ended up being my favorite in the, this first like arc that mm. we have. Yeah, we were like, this is very, this is, and that one is the that love letter. Yeah, that one's, yeah, that one's like, the very love letter to, yeah, to old Claremontonia. Like it is, we were like, oh, this is, and we're just like, we're like, is this getting too far? No, let's just lean in and let's just do it. So like we went in hard and it is very like, almost like old school Excalibur in a way, in my heart. <laughs> And I'm very excited to get to it. Um, as for like what I, I think for me, the big thing, like rather than intentionally going like, oh yeah, like, like, you know, they're hated and feared because we very intentionally didn't yeah. want like homophobia and transphobia are not yeah. a thing in Telos. Yeah. Like people may be shitty to like you know Rowan's parents are shitty to her about wanting to to be a very specific type of woman but we didn't want to tell stories based around queer pain mm. um yeah because there's so many of those and also we get enough of that in our own lives <laughs> um yeah but i think the like 
the way so many of the X-Men that are beloved start out as very big messes and are always to some degree messes because that's the fun. But like they get better, they grow, they find a family, they find people who will be there for them yeah um, and are able to level out to a degree yeah they like pass around the mess hmm. brain cell <laughs> oh god do they <laughs> they a thousand percent do but the thing is is that the other ones will be there to like pick them up right and it's mm-hmm. like always like they are they're all influencing each other in different ways and kind of making each other better mm. or worse <laughs> it's great yeah i also feel like there's this idea of you know they are they're kind of like outsider insiders who are, you know, traveling with or mm-hmm. building their own community. I think mm-hmm. like the way that some sort of like some of the rhythm between like the action and the interpersonal stuff, I think is really, you know, X-Men. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. I think that Very there's a balance so. to that and there's a character building. Yeah. And I think that with the outside, for right now, especially, like we have Rowan and Sir, like they are kind of wanted and they're kind of trying to keep yeah, a low they are, profile they are and they're not interacting. Fugitives. Like, yeah, like they're trying to keep low. And the same with Mel, because um, the page will be out uh, tomorrow. Um, Mel is also right. wanted. <laughs> so you have these three people who are like wanted for different things, but different people who are trying to kind of keep a low profile. So it's not like they're like, not on the outside <laughs> yeah 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 and it, but, but you're right it's important that it's not a hated and feared thing it's like it's more subtle than that yeah yeah, there, yeah. there's some like there's some hated and feared like i mean mel mm-hmm. is a mm-hmm. werewolf some people yeah. don't like werewolves and are like they're they're fucking scary and will eat me um yeah so like there's a little bit of that but it's never like that's yeah, not right, going to be right. a focal for us that's yeah. not the story we want to tell yeah yeah mel's relationship to her werewolfhood <laughs> is mm-hmm. very interesting to like balance with but at the end of the day it's like no she's a fucking werewolf like that's a yeah that's she's a, a fucking werewolf and she, she has hell baby tattooed on her knuckles she knows yeah she, <laughs> she went in hard she was like hell yeah <laughs> and you have sort of your own story for how werewolfism works and that you know yeah, that was another thing. When we're like playing with these things that have stories or uh, systems that are built before us, and we're like, okay, well, how does that work in our world? How did that come to yeah. be? Like, with the werewolves, you're like, oh my God, what if it was an experiment gone wrong and then lycanthropy got out? And now it's like a thing that nobody can really cure it. It just kind of like exists with it. And they're like, well, and like. like yeah, like the, the like the mage, like upper crust, mm. like you know, like the the scholars and academics are like kind of keeping the part the fact that it's a little bit their fault. Like you know, yeah, mm, let's let's keep that but one it's, under wraps. So it's like yeah. loudly and the way it's like from the gods. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, and no. It, yeah. <laughs> real. You're like no. no. Why would you say that? <laughs> but and like I think that that stuff comes from us, like just talking about it and we're like okay yeah. well like we pose questions to one another where we're like well why would that be and how would we make that and then we came up a big part of it was we came up with our pantheon and we were like okay so we have this pantheon that we've created now and like we can play with them and like how do they interact and what it what does that mean and like how how would it make this thing maybe these people were made from like doing other stuff you know yeah yeah 
It's wild. Yeah. Oh, and the moons, the moon lore. <laughs> we we've had a ton of fun playing with like folklore and gods yeah. and history, and that's going to be like once Eldridge gets in the mix, mm-hmm. he is he is a sp- a monk of a specific order of monks that mm-hmm. worships what was once a god of war that through circumstances we'll get into at some point is split into twin goddesses of war mm-hmm. that are covered different aspects. Um, and uh, so once he shows up that there's a little more direct through line to like, Oh, this man is in direct line with gods. Like, mm-hmm. and they will start to play a little more of a role in the story. Yeah, but you can even see it early on here, like uh, when Rowan swears earlier, she says Mother Arbor, like Mother Arbor is someone is. um, Yeah, like it's it's someone who because like where she's from and everything and they pray to like, you know, the goddess of the earth and everything. And that's Mother Arbor. And that's why her swears would be related to like by the she says by the roots a lot, which I fucking love. So we came up with that and I lost my mind. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, very cool. It, I love it. And they're even like Mother Arbor isn't her like her name is Gyvenia, but mm-hmm. she has multiple titles right. like a lot of gods. Yep. So yep. Ma- Rowan most commonly calls her Mother Arbor because that's what they called her in Verdana, where she's from. Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna get some maps at some point? Oh we, yes. So we just went back. So we uh, tried to make a map on a call one time, and I kept being overly critical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, I like I paid I paid five whole American dollars. Yeah, for the fancy version of this fantasy oh, map yeah. creation yeah. like software, which seems really good. Like it seems like an excellent program. And I was like, here, I'm going to screen share and I'll pilot it and you tell me what to do. And uh, Valentine took that as an invitation to just play mystery <laughs> science theater um, while I tried to make art. <laughs> I couldn't help it. They were all lumpy. <laughs> oh, they're maps. They're supposed to be lumpy. I know. <laughs> and of course, I'm like, no, bigger, no, smaller. That's not right. <laughs> so yes, there are maps. There will be maps yeah, we'll have of maps. the continent and everything yes. that we are like thinking about and working on. <laughs> they will exist in real form and not just me yelling. Heckling. <laughs> heckling. Yeah, heck- I was heckling. I, I fully admit to that. <laughs> That's a lot of fun, though. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like, you guys have had a you know a pretty intense pace that you've kept through time, and I, I, it sounds like there's a, a lot more stuff coming up. Like, what is it like running the series entirely yourselves, and you know, keeping it updated and publishing it yourself? Um. Well, we I do want to say before anything else, we there is a third member of Ooh. Team Blades. <laughs> team Bladens, yeah. Um. His name is Jason Large, and he is the nicest man on earth. Yeah. Um, he's a friend of both of us um, who is a genius at web design. Yeah. And he volunteered to help us make the website. I say help us. He volunteered to make the website. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Like, I can't believe our we have such a good website. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And he helps with everything. And we would not be able to keep the machine running as smoothly as we do without that wonderful human being. Yeah. And it wouldn't be nearly as pretty. (laughs) Oh God. Like, like the, uh, if you go on our website, like the full like title banner up there, which is what 
I had drawn up a cover and I'd thrown that banner on there. And like literally two hours later, Jason was like, I just did up a template of this thing where the swords fly in. Is this cool? And I was like, yes, please do that for everything. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. And like our new like homepage and everything, like he, I, I'll come to him with like a laundry list of things. I'm like, can we make this happen? Like a dream list? And I'll be like, well, some of them, but like you might have to compromise on some places, but he like, makes everything look gorgeous it's great yeah <laughs> and i He's get to make yeah like i'll make um i made all the fonts like i drew all of the letters and fonts mm. that exist but jason implements that and then puts it and sizes it and makes everything look you know cohesive and gorgeous like on the site which is something that i'm not right, skilled right. in at all like i can do things but yeah he makes that thing sing um, but I mean, like, oh, but yeah, so. Oh, yeah, yes, sorry, there fine. was another part of that <laughs> We got distracted. <laughs> we got distracted with freezing Jason. Um, We're like, Jason, because he doesn't, he doesn't get enough. Like, he's like the, like the person who does all that work behind the scenes. And then like. Yeah. yeah tr and yeah. truly, he has, he has a, but I'm going to plug Do Jason's it. thing right now. Um, <laughs> he's got um, a business, a studio, studio gobbly. Um, yeah. which has an adorable Studio Ghibli inspired logo um, that I don't know if he's currently taking like clients or anything, but he has a website and Twitter account that you should go follow. And yeah. he, if you need a website and he's taking clients, you're not going to find better. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but with the whole series and everything, it's like when, when we originally pitched this to each other, we're like, okay, we want to work mm -hmm. together. Okay, we're going to do this. We talked about should we pitch this somewhere? Should we do it on Webtoon? Should we do it on Tapas? And the end point ended up being that we both didn't want to be beholden to someone else to tell a story that we wanted to tell. Yeah. And if we're going to do all this work and we're going to put like literally our heart and soul into it, like we're going to do it the way we want to do it. We're going to, we're going to have like a lot of queer themes. We're going to have a lot of this stuff. We don't want someone saying we can't do things either thematically or censor us in different ways, shapes, or form. Um, like, I really wanted to try and do a lot of hand lettering for it. And we wanted to have, at the end of the hunt, like, Sir is stitching up, uh, like, their arrow wound, and mm -hmm. they are topless. Like, we yep. didn't want to have all of... We didn't want to have people telling yeah. us no, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, We wanted like, to do it ourselves. It's such a great scene. Like, there's such yeah, tenderness it, to it. And it's also mm -hmm. hot, um, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that, like, we have these moments in here that it's like, yeah, like, like, number one, if you're stitching, if you're, if you are a mercenary and you have been shot with an arrow, like, you're not going to play modesty, especially if you're Sir. Sir doesn't care. Um, Sir is going to stitch themselves up. And then, of course, like, Rowan is going to be a little flustered about it because Rowan ran away with sir like sir showed up and rowan ran away because she was like oh rowan my god has had a crush on sir since day yeah, one obviously you yeah, are yeah. you are capable you are you are everything i want to be please teach me to be like you also i have a crush on you yeah. <laughs> so like she's gonna be a little flustered it's the very classic like queer do i want to be you or have sex with you or is it both yes yep there's, yeah, the there's a lot both. of that <laughs> there's a lot of that in this book you know listeners at home and we we talked about like valentine is a machine in a terrifying way um 
like the speed with which uh like they'll finish a page um and like send it to me and i'm like holy shit this looks so gorgeous this is great and she'll go yeah yeah thanks and then like an hour and a half later they'll send me thumbnails for the next page Honestly, for me like that's the best way like because i'm doing everything because i'm doing like inks and colors and lettering mm -hmm. when i do like a page if i go and do the thumbnails like right away it almost like keeps my momentum going so it's like okay i don't feel like i finished something I feel like I finished and started the next thing so that way I can take a break and then come back to it and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't leave myself on like a blank page. Mm. You know what I mean? It was really important to me because like I I am not downplaying my own contributions to the Blade Maiden's machine. I I have done quite a bit of writing. <laughs> so he does writing. a lot. <laughs> I, I, um, but the amount of work Valentine does is absurd. Like drawing, um, lettering, coloring all on their own um and it was really important I, I i tell her all the time i'm like if we miss a week if we miss two weeks whatever, it's fine don't worry about it because the last thing i wanted this to ever become is like mm. burnout or something that's that feels the like other an thing obligation. yeah yeah we were both um, very aware of that from the yeah. beginning of being like hey if we need to take breaks or do whatever we will make that happen so that the both of us feel that we are putting out our best work yeah yeah yeah. And that's like, too, is like us, all of the stories and all of the characters that we make, we make together. Yep. Um, it's a thousand percent us bouncing off of one another and yes, anding mm -hmm. <laughs> to like the, the degree. Um, every single story that we've made has come from one of us <laughs> saying like, pitch, mm. what if this happened? Or like, pitch, what if, what if these two characters like interacted? What would that look like? And then the other person will come back and say like, oh, like, that would be really interesting or that wouldn't work, but this might work. So everything is very collaborative and building on top of one another and making it the best that it can be. And both of us very early on, like let go a lot of, if you find somebody that you can just let go of like a lot of ego stuff with and just be like, no, we're going to make this together and we're going to make something really cool. And you want to do that. Like that's the best fucking thing. The and I I do want to clarify the pitch that that's not a joke. We will just like we yeah. will be talking and just go <laughs> pitch. I started um, doing that in text form. <laughs> I would be like pitch. What if we had a werewolf and you were like or like yes. I'll just get a I'll get a text at three in the morning that's just pitch in capital letters. <laughs> yeah, because because Mel when we were making her it was Zoe I want to do a werewolf I want to have a werewolf and then we were talking about it and she's like well, like. How can that how can that be new or how can that be interesting? And Zoe was like, what if this werewolf was a bard? Like, what if she was just like a traveling bard and like this happened to her? We we're like, oh, that's interesting. Where can we go with that? And that's how Mel was born. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then like when we're making new stuff, it's like we have we we look for like certain gaps or like breaks that we have that we can like do something with. Yeah, it like it never feels like we we want to like we we're not trying to check off like a checklist like okay we have to have all right we've got you know two lesbians we have to have a bi <laughs> and we're getting LD so we need to have a trans man like it's just it we want characters that feel like we are missing a perspective on this world and yeah. we need to have this voice join the chorus of our characters yeah or it's something different or like with like all of these people 
the other realistic thing is that you like you when you're adding new people, it's like you want them to feel like they're mm. staying for a reason or that mm. they genuinely like one another. You know what I mean? So there you have to come up with reasons that that happens. It feels organic. So that's how everyone kind of ends up getting shaped is their motivations and like where they were and where they're going pretty much. So, yeah. There's um there's another character who the final member of our party who will not <laughs> by the time this comes out. Yeah. Um who her motivation was something that we really struggled with for a while. We were like, why mm-hmm. would she stay with these idiots? <laughs> um, and uh, we, when we finally cracked that, it was just like, oh, th- this opens up like 11 new doors mm. in this story. Yeah. Like, this and is- that's the, oh, it's the best feeling though. when that happens because it's like, and, and there are things that like um, where they come right away, but I think there's also a value mm. to having something and being like, there needs to be a reason for this and knowing there has to be a reason and letting it simmer for a while. And then just kind of letting it come, especially when you don't need to like that. Like this, this is issues down the road now, right? Yeah, this so like is you like have time, <laughs> a long time down the road. Yeah, yeah, especially at the pace that like we're going and everything. But like, it's like, yeah, it opened, it opened, it opened eleven new doors, and we were like, oh, this is so exciting, and this strengthens this, and then you can like make everything kind of like interact and commingle, and the story could become stronger for it. Like, like for for an example sorry to be talking mm, so much mm. um, no say it for for an example um we had we we cracked the code on this character while we were wrapping up the hunt oh yeah um, and there's a bit that we added to the hunt that strength that now ties into what will happen with that character back down like way down the road yeah that yeah. wasn't there when we originally wrote and planned the hunt because that new facet of the story where it's going is like, oh, we can set that up way earlier now. Yeah, it was it was we can set that up way earlier. And it was this character's like interaction. Yep. Like we had all these like back. We have all these loose to varying degrees, detailed and vague aspects of everyone's backstories that kind of it's almost like you're like like doing like a marble sculpture and you're like, like like hammering away to like kind of chisel it down into like the final form and everything is like that's how we're building this so we ended up building more into sir because we had figured out something else with another character which is so fucking rewarding that is really neat i'm really looking forward to getting to see that um you guys have so much planned ahead like how much is like, are you just releasing a page a week and there's other stuff that's actually backlogged and made, or is it just in writing with some mock-ups or. Um, it's in writing primarily. We're a few pages ahead. Yeah. Um, but we don't mm-hmm. have like a huge buffer. That's tough, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like we, we, we like co-plot and Zoe writes a lot. So we have mm-hmm. basically every, we have each arc that we kind of had planned out because this is like, you know, if we were to pitch somewhere, having these like succinct kind of like seasons of six issues each, um, we have four. (laughs) So (laughs) if you do the math, that's how much we have like planned out. And 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 that's not including the shorts. (laughs) And of those, like we have volume one fully like scripted. Fully scripted. But then volume two, we have like, plotted and then Mm -hmm. from there it gets a lot more hazy there yeah from there we have like the general idea we know what the issues are going to be about we know what they're going to be like kind of focused on and then the actual like finite plotting and scripting will get done at a later date yeah 
Yeah. Well, it's an incredibly ambitious yeah. project. And like I've said, job. just the quality is amazing. I mean, and you guys are clearly having so much fun doing it together. Oh, God, as well. yeah. Yes, thousand percent. It, and it just feels like it could just kind of keep going and expanding. That's yeah. pretty much like we we have both made a pact that like, you know, we will continue to make Blade Maidens until one of us decides we don't want to make Blade Maidens anymore. Yeah. And that's, again, what we talked about with the pace where we were yeah. like, if we need to take breaks in order to preserve the long term, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Like, we're yeah. going to keep doing this. And again, this is while we were like, should we take this somewhere? Well, they mm -hmm. might tell us we can't we only have six issues and that's it. And then it's done. And then we can't make any more. We're like, that's the opposite of what we want. We want to be able to tell as many stories in this world as we can, and we will negotiate the rest later. Yeah, I think that's a really good attitude to have. Um, yeah. And we're like, we can always make other stuff, but like this one, this one is ours, and we're going to have as much fun with it as we can. Yep. And I... I'm really loving it, and I'm I'm so glad you both are able to join me for the show. Oh shoot, you know I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have asked this earlier, but I, uh, Zoe, as someone who came from doing critical work predominantly, and obviously, you know, you wanted mm -hmm. to do storytelling because this was stuff that you worked on in college. Like, like what was it that kind of made you feel like okay, now is the time I could start writing fiction in a way that I will be putting it in front of other people's eyes. Well, I've I've always wanted to do it. Like, I, it, for me, it was less a feeling of like, I'm not ready yet. Like, because I feel mm. like you're never ready. Like, you just you got to do it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and um, and I got the I was lucky enough to have Valentine go like, yeah, let's make something together. Sure. Originally, it was like a Power Girl fan comic, and then the X Men fan comics. And by then, you know, we had our rhythm and went to Blade Mains. But um, I was getting a little burnt out on the critical side. Um, it's just like comics are a kind of relentless machine um, in all aspects, like creative, like if you're working in weekly, like, you know, releases, but also critically, like you got, you know, a bunch of reviews, especially if you're working for multiple sites. And it was also getting like a very cynical and mean a lot of the time, like, you know, mm. beyond, like, you know, you should be able to critique, like, things. That's fine. You don't have mm. to be nice, like, all the time. But very much, I found myself feeling less at home in that space. And more and more, like, as Valentine and, and I were working more and more together, I was like, oh, I'm getting, like, a thousand percent more fulfillment and satisfaction out of making these stories. Mm. It feels like this is the time to make the shift from that to this. That's great. And we're, and we're thankful for it. Yeah. And, you know, it's always inspiring to see that as well, as much as, you know, I'm a critic and critic mm -hmm. criticism is art. And if it wasn't, oh, oh, I wouldn't absolutely. be doing it, mm -hmm. but I'm always happy to have people talk about finding themselves feeling comfortable doing different things that, you know, that they haven't maybe done in a public mm -hmm. way before. So I know that's true for me. I'm working on that as well. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I feel like just making stuff is, I, I encourage, I would think everybody should, engage in the act of making <laughs> Make stuff. in some it's in good. some way It'll shape or better. form you don't have to show it to anybody like you can just do it for yourself like when i'm doing these pages like the actual act of doing them and drawing them and coloring them is the part of the process that's for me and then i know the minute like they're gone from me and they're uploaded like everybody else can have that's for everybody else to have like i had the process you know it's hard to explain mm -hmm. yeah no i I, I get yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so glad you both are able to join me for the show. Um, is, is there uh, anything else you guys want to promote while you're on here? Yeah. <laughs> so much okay. Blade Maidens. <laughs> yeah, just do, like... Go yeah, read Blade like, Maidens. <laughs> most, I, I want to use my plug time to just really reiterate, you gotta yeah. read Blade Maidens. Blade Maidens at blademaidens.com. Yeah. yeah. At Blade Maidens on your local Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I love it. So... Uh, tell our listeners, where's the best place for them to keep up with you online? The best place to find me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, is Valentine M-S-M-1-T-H, just Valentine M. Smith, with the one instead of the I. Um, you can always check out, uh, I upload a lot of like our short comics and things like that um, to my website, ValentineMSmith.com. Um, I also have a store there where you can get prints, shirts, Buttons, patches, what have you. Buy a Hal baby hat. Yeah, I oh, mean yeah, Hal baby, baby hat. I need to. I mean, it's really because she's the werewolf, but like it feels like it predates her, maybe a little. Or it, no, it was her knuckle it? tattoos, okay. and yeah. I was like, I want to, I want a Hal baby hat. Yeah, we were like, oh, we <laughs> so I made it. We, we want this horny disaster by werewolf to have Hal baby yeah. on her fingers. Yeah, we well the the knuckle tat discussion took a while. Like we it were did. like we were like, oh, what could it be? And we're like, no, is this too on the nose? And we're like, no, her is a person. Like she would just fucking like become a werewolf and be like, I'm gonna go so in on this. Yep, I'm gonna get. It was we talked about. I think at one point it was Moon Baby, and then I came up with Howl. Full I added moon, that I think. Full Moon, and then yeah. I came up with Howl, and then you said, because you said Baby, and then I was like, what if it's Howl the Baby? And then we were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like alone on our like separate couches, like just like vibrating because we've tattooed a werewolf by. <laughs> but yeah, like there's Blade Maiden stuff there. You can get prints. Um, yeah, the Howl Baby hats. I did a whole button set. And I usually include like postcards and stuff of our covers. So it's a good time. It's a good time. Well, Valentine has a long history of making really cool merch. So you should check out their merch for fandom stuff as well as Blade Maidens and just like buy lots of cool looking things that you can purchase there. Yeah, you can get my stuff there. And then I also did um, a variety of shirts for um, the podcast. We were all on Cerebrocast. Um, a lot of the like in podcast jokes of like Tessa analysis and uh Danny Polaris is gay, gay and is on a t-shirt <laughs> and Valentine designed it. And you can wear it mm-hmm. in your very home right now. Mm-hmm. Zoe, where can our folks keep up with you online? I don't have a store, so mm-hmm. sorry, no merch. Um, <laughs> uh, but you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at blankzilla, um, B-L-A-N-K-Z-I-L-L-A. And this is Graphic Policy Radio. I can tell folks we've got some really good upcoming episodes of comics writers and artists joining us as well as Deep Space Dive, which is our Deep Space sub podcast with some really good guests coming on. I'm now that I'm li- watching Deep Space Nine, I gotta dive into yeah. Your show. Our show is 100% spoilers, <laughs> so you should definitely listen to it. But like, uh, unless you're someone who doesn't care about spoilers, and which is fine, I I used to not care about spoilers at all. You're gonna want to listen to it after the uh, the yep. watch through. But have fun with the space lesbians. Um. Oh, I already am. <laughs> one of one of the, I think one of the gayest things I've done in my life personally is when a friend of mine wanted to be uh, Jax for Halloween, and I like drew on with like a makeup pencil like the the designs of her face oh. on her. <laughs> oh wow! Perfect. 
Yeah, right? Like, that's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's so many of those. That is a labor of love. That is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad we all have good yeah. taste in television and comics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's also a playlist for that you guys have on the Spotify playlist, which is... Oh, yeah. Is this like <laughs> for the comic in general or is this Mel's playlist specifically? That's Mel's. Okay. <laughs> there, there will be one for every character that is in progress. Well, we originally <laughs> were going to do them like together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Valentine uh, is extremely good at picking out like mood playlists for characters. Yeah. It got to the point where I was just like, oh, I don't need to have a hand on this particular wheel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sorry, Zoe. <laughs> so it's like, no, no, keep going. And I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I 100% have like the, <laughs> now there's every song on there for one way, shape or form. And that's with all the weird playlists that I make, like have, has a reason for being there. Like it is about somebody or is it, it is a relationship or there is a line. Like I, I did a whole like Teresa playlist and there are so many themes of like, recovery and like god yeah. <laughs> and like moody shit in there like it's i get very proud when i like nail a vibe of a song for somebody <laughs> well i'll get to check yeah. this out yeah. and pretend that i'm familiar with contemporary music um which is <laughs> i know people will be i also listen to a lot though like i'm very like in addition like i i grew up i play several instruments like i'm very interested in music my mom has a big love of music so that was like passed on to me um so i just listen to a lot of stuff so there is like older stuff and newer stuff and like mix of genres so see, everybody should find something that they kind of vibe with cool. there. yeah no, totally <laughs> yeah and uh, but also i can feel like i know about things that i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just for Just you. For <laughs> well, thank you for yeah. joining us. You could, of course, folks can find me online and specifically on Twitter a little bit too much at E-L-A-N-A underscore Brooklyn. That's E-L-A-N-A underscore Brooklyn and graphicpolicy.com for all your comics, news, and reviews. And as we like to say, keep it geeky.